this has been an interesting week to say the least. And I want to start off to just give my sincere thoughts, prayers, and condolences to the Thornton family, his wife, kids, his loved ones, those that were close to him for the uh, tragic loss of young Dolph. A couple weeks ago, me and the wifey took a little, a quick hiatus to one of our favorite breakfast spots here in Memphis, Brother Jennifer's, and we sat down and, you know, we was chilling and, and it's an establishment to where everybody is in there. You'll see black, white, you know, Asian, all kinds of people. But I mean, truth be told, it's not just full of us. You know, it's not really full of black people. So whenever, you know, we see a, a black couple or a few black people in there is, you know, it's noticeable. And as we were sitting down, you know, my wife was, you know, facing her back was kind of toward the restaurant and I was, you know, facing pretty much everybody. So I can see, more, you know, kind of the span of the room and what was going on. And, you know, I looked over there. I said, babe, you see, uh, that's that's young Dolph over there. She was like, who? She said, I said, this young Dolph. You know, she thought, you know, she was thinking about Gucci, man, or, um, Yo Gotti. But I had to school her who young Dolph was and, you know, so on and so forth. We I Googled him and let her see his picture. And, oh, she turned around like, oh, OK, that, you know, so that's what it was. And so and actually on the way home. I, you know, she wanted to uh, hear what his music was or, you know, what kind of music that he made and did that. And it, it wasn't her cup of tea. And, and truth be told, like, I wasn't the biggest Dolph fan. Like, I wasn't the one that, you know, always bumped his music. I really even grew up on his music. But, you know, I, I've, I've heard of a lot of his songs and sometimes I bump them on occasions or whatever. And, um, but it really wasn't something that I, I really indulged in that much. But I was I was definitely familiar with his music, though. And so to hear just a couple of weeks later that he got gunned down in his own neighborhood, you know, going to get some some cookies, you know, was actually tragic. Actually, uh, my wife, she was the one that hit me up before I even really you know, hit or heard it from anybody else. You know, I was working you know, upstairs and, you know, doing my stuff. And so when she hit me up, she was like, yeah, you remember that guy we, we ran into, you know, at the restaurant, you know, they said he, you know, been shot. Even when you, you hear stuff like that, it's just heartbreaking because first you just, you just don't like to hear anybody just to get gunned down and shot. But then when you actually know it's somebody of that, the public, you know, deems important or, communities, you know, deems important, just like in South Memphis, he's, you know, very valued and known out there, really across Memphis, really in the South or like all across the nation and even internationally. And so when stuff like that happens and then when you actually see the the surveillance and just how gruesome and, you know, it was just it was it was crazy. You know, they were definitely trying to make sure that he was not going to be living, you know, after that encounter. And so, but the bigger picture, which I want to put out there is I know he was respected in the community and he was a, a very good businessman and entrepreneur. 
there are definitely some things uh, I do want to point out to where it's always a it's a spinning wheel. We keep going through the same stuff again. And that is basically basically dealing with the power of the tongue. And I know we've heard it before and you know what it says in the Bible. Some people know what it says in the Bible. And I think we get this stigma in our head and or just assume, you know, when God says stuff in his word that he's trying to limit us. He's trying to prevent us from living out here, prevent us from doing <laughs> having a YOLO life. You know what I'm saying? And that's just so far from the truth. You know, when he puts stuff in his word out there, especially with dealing with in the word, you see a lot. God deals with fear, you know, and also he deals with our mouth you know, the power of a tongue. And so when he, when he puts stuff out there, when he says stuff, you know, you think other people are intentional. Oh, this person don't say something without intent. Like God is the inventor of intent. Like he doesn't use empty words. And so when he puts stuff out there, it's not trying to limit us. He's trying to protect us because he knows what's out there. He knows there's an enemy out here roaring like a lion, trying to steal, kill, and destroy us or steal, kill and destroy, you know, something, you know, around us. And so when we look at that, it's a whole lot of verses in the Bible that speaks to our speech, our words, how we should view them. And so when God says something really even one time, but if he continues and continues throughout his word to pinpoint a specific agenda out a specific perspective you know i think it's very important that we take heed to it because it's something that we can learn from and so not only something we can learn from but it's also something it's like okay well he keeps mentioning this like he must be trying to protect me from something because this is the god this is the god of love this is the god you know he's my provider he's my protector like he why does he keep bringing this stuff up? You know, is it just because he wants it to make it sound good? He wants to be redundant. Like he wants it to be redundant, but he wants it to be redundant so we can take heed to it and really focus in on what he's really trying to say. And I want to go through 10 or probably end up being 12 or 13 verses. And I'm not even going to say which chapter book it is. I just want to run through them just so you can hear some of God's heart in his word and what he's saying about our words and our speech. Let no corrupting talk come out of our mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than him. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his mouth comes to ruin. 
Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. These are just only the tip of the iceberg with some of the verses that are pointing to our speech and our tongue and what he actually thinks about them. And so when I look at this whole Dolph situation or even not even just Dolph, but it can just be rappers in general or people that uh, make a living, you know, using words or saying speeches and doing things of that nature. Like, I mean, speeches, using your mouth and using your words is one of the the main thing that riled up, you know, Hitler, the, the, the times of Hitler, that era, you know, riled people up for for hate and just to do the cruel things that they did to the Jews and all the other, you know, ethnic group of minorities. You know, our tongue is a very valuable part of our life, which is really why this whole podcasting thing has really become so huge because, you know, people actually sit down and listen to you. They actually listen to what you have to say. And I guess depending on who you are and, you know, what they think about you, those words can resonate. And so when they resonate and then now that can, you know, be a domino effect in your life and making uh, certain decisions and have certain responses when a certain situation comes up. And with a lot of artists today, you know, words play a huge part, but also there is a lot of dark imagery to go with it, too. Even in one of Dolph's last videos, it was a lot of flames and fire, you know, alluding to hell. And one of the first one of the first lines in this song, I think this is called talking to my scale. He said, if I sacrifice myself, will I go to hell? And, you know, just just words like that. And then when he said that he pointed down and then the flames came up and, you know, it was just, you know, when you look at the light of all the stuff that transpired in the past week and then looking at that video, I think it came out maybe a couple months ago. It's like like, man, like it's interesting to say the least is wild. But I don't believe it's not a coincidence. And even going back a couple of weeks, you know, what happened in Travis Scott's Astro, Astro World Festival, there was a huge portal on stage and a sign that read at the end of the portal, see you on the other side. And flames all around the stage. And, and actually, Travis Scott's shirt, he was wearing a shirt that where people were going through a doorway and sinking down to their death. And when they were going down to their death, they were red you know, with horns coming out of their head. And last I heard, there were 10 people that lost their lives because of that concert, including a nine-year-old boy and several hundred people that were injured and thousands that have been dramatized from what they felt and witnessed. See, many rich rappers credit hip hop and the music industry in general for saving their life and getting them out of the street hustle. They basically went from slanging dope corner to corner to slanging words with the major difference being slanging words is legal and could potentially profit even more than when they were in the street. But if you look closely, it has arguably the same, if not more risk. The international superstars like Dolph are the ones that get the major headlines when they get murdered. But plenty of rappers that aren't as well known have the same fate. 
and they don't make the news or the headlines. In the dope game, you can end up dead or in jail because of the street lifestyle and people you associate with. In the rap game, you can end up dead or in jail because of the street lifestyle you portray in your music and the people you associate with. The difference is you get notoriety for being a beloved rapper in your community, but you're just another statistic if you're a street dude and you're out there hustling. As a rapper, people call it an honorable death or sentence if you go to prison. As a dope dealer, they will say it's what you signed up for. But the reality is when we treat words so carelessly and get praised by the word for it, rappers, they signed up for it too, for similar or worse results than the dope dealer life that they wanted to leave behind. The rapper Mac, formerly of Masterpiece No Limit Records, got released from prison this past summer. I think it was June after being unjustly accused of committing a murder over 20 years ago. So he spent 20 years in prison unjustly. The authorities, investigators and others who worked that case were blatantly wrong in how they handled it. You know, they were withholding eyewitness accounts, you know, coercing witnesses to blame Mac. But what did they use to convince themselves in the public that Mac was to blame? They used his words. They used the words he rhymed in his music. Songs like We Deadly, Bloody, Murder, Murder, Kill, Kill. All songs like that, his lyrics all indicted him in the court of public opinion. It was convenient for the police to point to him because he had a show that same night in the same venue the guy got murdered at. They looked at the street lifestyle he portrayed and the explicit violent lyrics he promoted as motive and really made their job easier because they didn't have to spend their time and tax dollars on another young black man being killed. It was convenient to blame the explicit lyric rapper and close the case. And this is not me saying the police or any other government organization is justified in coming to these conclusions. But I am saying that using careless words, using words carelessly can put people in situations that they don't deserve to be in. The devil doesn't care how the job gets done just as long as it gets done. He wants to steal, kill and destroy. And if he has to take the longer route to do that, he will. The crazy part about it is he disguises himself as an angel of light to get us to bite the bait that seems good. But it's really just starting the process so he can steal, kill or destroy us or something we deem valuable. How many rappers have lost friends or loved ones because they were associated with their lifestyle and the violence they speak in their music? Again, I want to make this clear with my condolences to the Thornton family, Doss' wife's kids, family, close friends, loved ones. But too many people bring up what he has done for the community like that somewhat negates the words and the kind of music he represented. He was a great businessman and an entrepreneur that was a master at capitalizing on his past street experience and present hood persona. For those that listen to Dolph, knew he never shied away from his street lifestyle or people attempting to take his life. He used it as a promotion and to further expand his brand. To the world, he was a genius that flipped a negative street life to a multi-million dollar empire, feeding several families and giving generously back to his community. But spiritually, the words he frequently chose in his music 
and the people he associated with was slowly walking him down to what we saw was a tragic and unfortunate loss. I've seen people question whether we as consumers, especially believers, should we listen to this type of music at all? My answer may not be what son wants to hear, but I'll just say it anyway. Whatever we listen to the most matters, just like whatever we eat the most matters. The key is what are we giving ourselves in abundance? The out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks, right? That statement doesn't mean or imply that what's all in our heart, our mouth speaks, but the abundance is whatever it is that we pay attention to the most, whatever we consume the most, whatever we meditate on the most. Those are the things that will be in the abundance of our heart. That doesn't say that we don't have anything in our heart that's that's not good or that maybe shouldn't be there. But what's mostly there, what, what mostly that we pay attention to and what's mostly that we meditate on, that's what's going to come out. That's what, what's, what's going to come out of our mouth. Even those on strict diets have cheat days just to balance themselves out to continue to sustain a healthy lifestyle. I believe music can be viewed the same way. If all you listen to and consumed all day is trap music, promoting violence, promiscuous sex, drugs, then how you operate and move will eventually reflect that. I personally don't see anything wrong with listening to somebody like a Dolph or Pooh Shiesty on occasions. But my question would be how much I grew up on three, six mafia project, Pat, a ball and MJG and other Memphis artists and still find myself on occasions listening to them mostly in the gym when I need that extra boost of energy to finish a run or lift weights. The abundance of music I listen to is a compilation of gospel rap, worship songs, 80s and 90s R&B, you know, maybe some old school like the bars, Jackson five, stuff like that. See, I don't believe what I just said is the blueprint on how you should personally you need to consume your music. But I think it can be a way to start. Then, of course, let Holy Spirit guide you the rest of the way on what you need to do to govern yourself accordingly. The lie is that it doesn't matter what we listen to, but the extreme is to limit somebody else just because our own conviction in the same area is stronger. Everything is permissible but not everything is beneficial. And when it comes to words and music, we all need to do frequent checks to see if we need to listen to certain songs, depending upon what we're believing for or what season of life we're in. It's always permissible because we have free will, but it's not always beneficial because everybody is not built the same or have the same struggles. Even with it being Almost a week since Doss murder, my city of Memphis is still hurting and enraged with, you know, multiple shootings and, you know, people. I think the getaway car was found in at a particular uh, house and somebody was shot in the house later that day. You know, so it's it's it has not been uh, fun here, I'm sure, for law enforcement and and people of that nature here in the city. But all I hope is that. The tragic loss of young Dolph will eventually reconcile the city and make us realize we're participating in a game, a word game that we ultimately are not in control of because we refuse to understand the spiritual rules attached to it. 
Think about it.